How's it going, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Weekly Wallet Wagers. Uh, my name is David Miller. You're here with Will. What's up, David? Baker. How's it going? What up, B? <laughs> We've got the banker, John, <laughs> with his uh, building connections background. Awesome Weekly Wallet Wagers graphic. Um, we have some current events here for you today. A lot of craziness in the world going on, but there is some things, at least, that we can talk about that uh, will be interesting, but it'll take our minds off of some of the more serious things. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled that Apple cannot force apps to send purchases through the App Store. Uh, this case with uh, Fortnite, uh, they've been taken off of the App Store for a long time uh, because Apple was denying them the ability to have their own uh, store inside of the app uh, that they couldn't take revenue from. And so uh, the Supreme Court ruled that they're not allowed to do that. And so uh, a lot of apps, I think, are going to take that route. Uh, we've seen a lot of apps on the App Store take a monetized or, or monthly payment route. And so uh, I ask you, how is that going to affect a lot of these streaming platforms' revenues? Uh, how is that going to affect Apple? How much money do you think they get from those? Uh, how, how is that going to affect uh, one of the largest uh, hardware and software manufacturers in our country, uh, Apple, which is over a trillion dollar company now at this point? They, wait, they have more cash in the U.S. government than they have had for like, like since like 10 years after they opened, right? <laughs> I'm not sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. If, it, if anybody could do it, it would be Apple, but... Apple will always have a special place in my heart after how they handled that subpoena deal with unlocking the iPhone. Y'all remember that story? Yeah. Uh, the, cool. Well, uh, is, is that where the, uh, Apple got accused of like slowing down iPhones on purpose so people would buy new ones? Did you hear no, about no. that? No, no. So what we're talking about, this was a few years ago. Um, if you remember, there was some FBI investigation and it was all over the news. They were talking about it, you know, on the nightly news, Good Morning America. It's, it was it was a big popular thing and there was some like chart like the fbi had sent it out of like detroit michigan or minneapolis minnesota like one of those northern kind of midwest but like they uh fbi officers sent a subpoena to apple to to unlock an iphone for an oh, FBI investigation okay. yeah and then remember like the like the ceo or the cfo at apple went on 60 minutes and did a 60 minutes interview and like He's ripped like, up the yeah. subpoena from the <laughs> fbi and was like listen like we're apple like it does I, we don't care who you are our clients are first and it doesn't matter if the feds come knocking on our door we are not going to unlock an iphone for you because we protect privacy and apple's stock and sales like went way up i mean it was a they they turned a federal investigation and subpoena into a massive pr event for themselves well, <laughs> Didn't the FBI end up cracking it anyways? They got some like hacker group hired and they did yeah, it for I, them. But they, still, they, you were telling me about that. Story, and right? an Israeli group created a black box that you plug the iPhone into, and it completely unlocks the entire thing. So uh, I believe there there's a series of patches, and then they come up with a new workaround, uh, and it's uh, like a, a cat chasing the mouse sort of situation. But uh, another another thing about Apple is that they're actually taking the first steps of all the tech companies that uh, offer hardware that people use for cell phones to restrict the amount of data that advertisers are able to pull from your phone and, and steal and then sell off. Uh, they're creating uh, locks on your location so apps can't tell uh, only within a five mile radius of what your location is so they can't tell exactly where your house is. 
I don't know if you've ever seen that on uh, Snapchat. You can literally go see the houses that people are at if they have that. Yeah, it's the, uh, the spotlight, right? Is what yeah. Snapchat with all the. Yeah, they've taken maps to a next level, man. That's that's a little bit too much uh, lack of privacy for me personally, and so I, 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 if Apple continues to go in the direction of protecting data, then they'll be my my company that of choice for ever it for all <laughs> forever that I can anticipate unless that changes. You know, David, I'm glad you brought this subject back up with us this week on Weekly Wallet Wagers. You know, I, I John's laughing over here because he knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, we have uh, we've been working, as you, I think you know, on converting John over to the iPhone since we had our episode last week where we had the debate on it. Uh, this week, I had our video editor Aya. Hey, Aya. Uh, she uh, thankfully did some uh, recon research with Verizon uh, for John and priced out phone plans and everything. So when John flies here to do some episodes with us in October, our goal is to take him to the Verizon store, uh, whether he does it voluntarily or whether we have to, you know, kidnap him like you do on bachelor parties where he like walks out of a restaurant. We pull up in like some sketchy van and throw a bag over his head, you know, and like run him to the Verizon. First, we're getting, we're having a party, we're getting an iPhone, I'm getting a tattoo. This is crazy. Yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> I gotta send, I gotta send you what I'm getting. But, uh, I, I, now, if John, we can have you're iOS, not gonna the conversation away from you why you're not gonna get an iPhone. Ah, uh, That's okay. what people wanna hear about. You, you need to not screw up our group chats. <laughs> I've had an Android, um, since I got my first phone. And I've hated every minute of it, but because they're free on pretty much every package you get, I just get one. Because uh, I don't want to pay like a thousand dollars for an iPhone. Excuse me, for an iPhone. Well, you can buy a pre-owned iPhone and then just have the service on it. You don't have to have a payment plan if you don't want to. Yeah, so spend like one hundred and seventy-five dollars on eBay and go buy like the jailbroken, unlocked, you know, iPhone for Verizon and just. Pay forty five dollars a month for the prepaid service. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking about doing. I I was looking at uh phone plans in Metro PCS, especially for my carrier. They're offering like fifty percent off if I switch to them, and they want to do like a twenty five dollar month uh, or unlimited data for like twenty. It's twenty four months, two years, um, for anybody that comes from my company. So I was like, huh. I'm going to look at that tomorrow, you know, like, if I could drop my phone bill $10 and get a brand new phone, you know, and they give me a discount on an iPhone, like, why not, you know? Hey, John, that's a good point, but real quick, um, quit, if you could, quit swiveling in your chair, you've been doing that the whole show, and it keeps, like, it, it's hard for the video to either keep up with you and not get, make you blurry, or catch up with the green screen, so, yeah, it, it just, it helps when you sit still, thanks. Dang. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we could banter on about this whole iPhone or Android all day. Y'all, comment on YouTube. Tell us what you think, whether iPhone is better, Android is better. We'll keep talking about tech, um, but and we'll keep trying to convince the banker to switch over. So y'all blow him up on social media and, uh, and tell him what you think. Do you guys remember when um, Samsung came out with that phone that folds and then there was like a little film on it that people kept taking off and it would destroy the phone. You remember that? I think- No, was... what, what was that called? Is it the Galaxy Z Flip? Or is that the, the one that's out now? It's, I know they had the all one sorts that you of issues. Like, 
You know, it was like uh, a, like a book. How many beers have you had? Um, I'm too deep right now. That's Just all. Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm getting back on on the horse here. All right, we're working on it. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta get ready for that that party in October. You know. God. Well, at least we'll know after three beers, we might have to carry you home. Nah, you, you also gotta remember the altitude, there's less oxygen up here. So, like, you know... You <laughs> the science of the altitude, David. <laughs> no, it, well, it's a serious thing. Well, it's a serious thing. People come up here, like, I, you know, I've had I've had friends come up here, and they're, like, you know, absolute fucking alcoholic. Or, Aya, please blank that out. Uh, absolute alcoholics. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have, like, five shots be totally fine. Six shots be totally fine. Seven shots start to get a little tipsy, and then they'll come up here and they'll be like four beers deep, and they are like piss drunk, you know. Well, that's but, when you first get up there, but then uh, the the more time you spend up there, you get more red blood cells uh, in in your blood that carry more oxygen, and so uh, you your body wants to maintain homeostasis, and so you adapt to the higher altitude. I don't know exactly how long that takes, but I'm assuming you've probably been there for a little while. That, that's a good point, dude. I, I was gonna say uh, this. I, I'm glad you're talking about the science of alcohol, which is what we're gonna call this bit right now. <laughs> uh, we are blessed enough to have Dr. David from Discover Wellness with Dr. David on the show with us. So, uh, as we were talking about the show earlier, David, um, the science of alcohol would be actually a good episode title, and we could uh, we could expand on this. You know, we could come drink alcohol in North Carolina and then like get on a plane and drink alcohol as we fly to the higher altitude and see what that does. And then when we land in Colorado, you know, we can test all that. I, I don't know. Like, John could be a... T- I, I, we, we come up with a social experiment on this, and it could be fun for everybody. Yeah. What was that drink that Luke got in the airport at North Carolina that he said was absolutely horrible? Was it a mojito? What was Wait, it? Wait, what's that, John? Remember when we shot that emergency episode where I was in North Carolina in the airport? And then Luke got alcohol there, and then, like, he said it was, like, absolutely awful. I don't know. That's a good... You know what? I'm going to ask him real quick. Hey, John, give me Luke's number. Let's call it out real quick. Hold on. Hey, everybody, this number that that John's about to give, y'all call this number between uh, 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. any day. Yeah, Luke is always willing to talk to you, and he would love to hear your right, opinion I, I on the episodes he started. Code. Just, uh, just give me the seven-digit number. I've got the area code. Okay, uh, four four zero zero two nine seven. Oh, I already had his number. Sorry, saved in my work phone. That was all for nothing. Y'all see? It says Luke Smith. My bad. Hello. Hey, Luke, you're live on Weekly Wallet Wagers with Will, John, and David Miller. What's up, guys? Hey. How's it going? Money advice, huh? Well, actually, it's funny. Uh, that's actually not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the science of alcohol and, uh, and what that does to the body. And so uh, John was talking about how when we went and did that emergency episode in the airport, remember when he tried to uh, sneak in and out of North Carolina without us finding out about it? drunk off of one drink. Yeah, well, dude, you ought to see him on the show right now. He is tipsy off two beers. It's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I'm not, my God. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that tipsy. I am not that tipsy. No. I'm, I'm oh, still- John, stop. <laughs> banker, <laughs> banker, banker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what, Luke? Banker. I'm going to... You and I, we're going to go head-to-head. Shot war. All right. 
I'm yeah, y'all got a couple weeks on that happened. Well, hey, Luke, real quick, I don't want to bug you. Um, John was bringing up, uh, he was talking about when we went uh, and we were at the Raleigh Airport and we were at that bar drinking. Um, he was saying that you ordered some drink that tasted terrible that you hated. And we were trying to remember what that drink was. And I was like, we ought to just call Luke and ask him. Not a drink that I like. Well, yeah, you ordered it, uh, John. You ask him the question. Okay, I got I got pineapple uh, and gin. Sounds pretty good. Is that hey, what? It, it okay. is good. <laughs> did it, did they fuck it up though? I thought you said it was awful at the airport. Oh yeah, she uh, forgot the pineapple juice. I think. Uh, oh. it was all gin. Yeah, it was very translucent. <laughs> <laughs> very, very translucent. What are you guys doing tomorrow? Let's go get some... Uh, I think that actually... How about we shoot another second tonight? We all go downtown and ask people why they're there. Because I want to say... I'm a, let's place a bet. My bet is, since we're wage, on weekly wagers, everybody can comment on this. My wager is that girls go there to get fucked and boys go there to find girls to fuck. So, what do you guys wager? Hey, I uh, make sure you, you blank those out on the spot. I think you're only saying that you're there just to be with their friends, right? Just go to the bullshit. My question is, Luke, are you already down there? Nope, I'm just oh. left work. So, I got some money in my pocket and I'm trying to get there. Huh. Well, good luck with that. Well, I'll let you know. Hey. Uh, we're about to wrap it up here. Uh, but that would actually be a good segment to film. I, it, that would do well on the way we see it. I think we should also talk about the outrageous cost of alcohol at clubs and beer and bars and stuff. Cause, dude, whenever I go out like clubbing or something, I pregame with shooters. All right, I down like three of them, and then I let it rip tater chip at the bar. I buy one drink. Dude, and then I shut up! Up. If you down three of them, you couldn't walk to the club. Uh, <laughs> this man said rip tater chip. We were just saying that. We were just <laughs> saying because John's tipsy here off two beers. I was just telling him like if he has three beers when he comes with us, we're gonna have to carry him out. Hey. And that ain't no lie. <laughs> hey, shut up. Yeah. Hey, thank you for picking up, Luke. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke Smith from The Way We See It with Will, Luke, Jessica, Banker, and everybody else. Uh, we will check back in with him later. But uh, thank you. You got anything else for us, Luke? No, hey, y'all guys keep it safe and hit him straight. We will. We'll hit you up after this. All right, later. Right. You guys are going drinking. That was far more than I expected to get. <laughs> I, it was 75% I didn't think he was going to pick up, so I'm glad. Yeah. Nice. That was awesome. Um, hey, I think we can um, talk about the economy of war. The because economy. we just got that. We just wrapped up Afghanistan, right? We wasted trillions of dollars, and we gave the Taliban a ton of fucking equipment. Ooh, you know, that's that's something I want to bring up real quick. We, we got a few minutes left, about five minutes left here on the show. So... That, David, John, we talked uh, over the past few weeks, uh, thank you, John, about uh, what's been going on in Afghanistan. We've talked about the horrible deaths, um, the strategy of the U.S. pulling out and what we've lost over that. Um, let's talk about equipment. Uh, you bring up a really, really good point, Banker, is we've spent a lot of money in developing technology for our military and then billions in manufacturing, production, and uh, distribution. And we do that, we take all this over to the Middle East to fight our war, and then we just give it to the enemy and retreat. Like, I mean, I just, I, have we ever retreated? As a, I mean, like, 
like retreat is not something our military is trained in or is used to like other small militias may have to be when they fight people like America. Like I am curious, y'all let's open up a can of worms on this. You know, well, you you served. So from your experience having been overseas, did you ever in the back of your mind while you were there think about okay, uh what happens if we start to lose? Do we retreat or do we stand ground? You know, like do we do we no. hold our position? Honestly, when I was over there, like my parents and stuff were worried, and like it was so silly to me. I honestly, as a U.S. soldier in the United States Infantry, on a military installation over there was the safest place to reside in that region of the in that region of the world. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're going to be over there in, anywhere in the Middle East, be on a U.S. military installation. That's a pretty safe fucking place. Like, sorry for the profanity. We'll, we'll bleep Luke's out when we edit this. But, the, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't dangerous unless we were out, you know, riding on convoys, on roads, and un, uncontrolled environments. But then, you know, I mean... Why do you think 18-year-old gun nuts join the military? I mean, that's what they go in for. So, like, I mean, we more were eager for action than we were concerned for our safety. Which hmm. probably doesn't help this argument. But still, I mean, it, I, I, the thought would have never crossed my mind to give all of our gear over to the enemy. We, we actually carried grenades with us. And in every trailer and every hunt, like, there, were all, there was always a grenade. And the reason was, was not to throw it, but we always had explosives at any installation for the reason that if your base is ever overthrown, people are dying and it's going to be in the enemy's hands. It is your duty as a soldier with the oath that you take as your last action, instead of being captured, you are to blow that base up and everything in it because it, it has just been code it has been practiced standard procedure in war since the beginning of time that if you like if you can't use your equipment it's better to destroy it than give it to the enemy i mean we were doing every country in existence was doing that in world war ii you know it's why like if it's the same reason that uh you know when we crashed that helicopter when we were in Afghanistan on the, you know, on the bin Laden raid and SEAL Team 6, you know, they came in in two helicopters. Well, they crashed one of those helicopters on landing. And so on the way out, they threw a bunch of grenades and blew the helicopter to, to smithereens into pieces. Um, on their way out, when they all popped into the one final helicopter, you don't leave. I mean, that's just, that, that's just been, a, again, a rule of war since the beginning of time. So I'm so baffled at why the one exception when we had a retreat was not to destroy the property, but rather give it to the enemy. It would have looked like a waste, but it would have been far less of a waste than turn it over to the enemy. And I think that really highlights the aspect of the uh, eviction from Afghanistan that highlights the fact that it wasn't planned at all. It seems like this was sort of on a whim decision that didn't include a lot of planning on how to ex excavate all of the war materials that we had accrued over time. Uh, we didn't make a plan to arm uh, the Afghan uh, loyal military militia to us uh, to protect them from the Taliban. We kind of just said sayonara and we would kind of just pulled all of our troops out and said good luck. 
Uh, and that really is not a very good look for, for our leader, and a lot of Americans are feeling that way. Uh, a lot of Americans wanted us to be out of that region of the uh, region of the world, but I don't think anybody agrees with the way that it was carried out. Uh, it seems like it has taken a, a lot of toll on human life, uh, and and uh, women's rights in that part of the world under the Taliban is going to be uh, strict Sharia law, which includes them not being allowed to drive or get educated or uh, wear the clothes that they want to in public. And I think. Uh, if you were conspiratorially minded, uh, if you were thinking that the United States was intentionally arming the Taliban and getting them to take over the region very quickly, uh, that may increase public support for us to actually redeploy in the area uh, with even a larger force if they're posing this large threat now with all this equipment. So uh, it's really baffling why they would make this decision logically to, to arm them with that level of our material uh, that we spent uh, that level of, of money on. Yeah, I mean, David, you, you bring a good point. Uh, I'll just say this real quick and turn it over to John next. Uh, about the money, I mean, we're calling this segment the economy of war, right? So uh, with that, I mean, uh, you raised, I mean, about what happens to women, what happens to people there with the change of law, why it's bad on the military to turn over to them. But how much money have we spent over there since, look, just since Desert Storm? I mean, people don't realize, like, all the fighting in World War II and the Vietnam, like, I mean, fighting over there hasn't, it didn't just start in Desert Storm. But let's just say, you know, for our lifetime spans, since Desert Storm, um, how many billions of dollars a year have we spent over there trying to accomplish peace, structureness, and stability? And we threw every penny of that away and every American life lost and every Afghanistan life lost. I mean... We bombed a Doctors Without Borders hospital like, what, three years ago and killed all those innocent people for the, for the sake of collateral damage for this war? And everything is for nothing now because we're just giving it right back to hell up. I mean, I just that 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 bigger picture is what blows my mind more than anything, even more than individual casualty deaths, which are still horrific. But in some of the more. Uh malevolent parts of the world like Russia and China have already uh, stated that they're going to be willing to work with the Taliban and so it's uh, pushing the needle in the wrong direction of, of world peace and stability uh, and so it, it really does seem baffling how we would uh, allow this to happen and uh, where where does the the, the buck stop on on allowing leaders to make these unilateral decisions that are going to have these wide-reaching negative effects across the world. The thing that's craziest to me is the fact that the Taliban have, like, controlled 80% of Afghanistan, you know, for a good, like, I think it was, like, a month or two before, and, and I'm not 100% sure, but for it was, like, a month or two from what I heard before they even, like, went into Kabul and, like, you know, t basically kicked us out. <laughs> uh, I... I just thought that was crazy, and you know, I was watching a documentary uh, by Vice. You know, they, they didn't kick us out. Our leaders turned. We oh yeah, we we left. Commissioned to be and put them in a bad spot. Yeah, we decided to jump ship. Don't, um, don't give the Taliban credit for taking over. Get give our leadership the the rightful blame for yeah. creating this situation. Yeah, uh, well, that's correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, the thing that like kind of upsets me the most is like I feel bad for the women and children. 
you know, like uh, a documentary I was watching, I think it was by Vice, you know, they mentioned there were some hundred uh, appointed judges, women, female judges in the Afghanistani courts, and uh, all of them are in hiding. You know, they, they yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, they're probably, they would be executed now, wouldn't they? Yeah, and it's, it, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not got, allowed to be educated. We got the Taliban, you know, uh, with Black Hawk helicopters flying around with bodies, you know, hanging from the bottom, you know, as a, like humiliation. It's, it's insane. You know, I, I just, crazy. It's wild. Well, thank you both for your information on this tonight. Uh, y'all, y'all, uh, Please share this uh, episode as well. I think it's important that people hear this and um, whether they agree or disagree, it's, it's important to be educated and be able to freely think and have opinions. So thank you both. Uh, we have covered uh, some of Apple tech tonight, uh, which is better, the iPhone or the Android, which we clearly established as the iPhone, uh, as well as the science of alcohol and the economy of the war. So y'all continue to check out With the Wallet Wagers. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, y'all can check us out on YouTube at uh, Will's World Channel. Uh, look us up uh, on in, wherever you get your podcast at Weekly Wallet Wagers or visit us at willsworldchannel.com. We would love to hear from you and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.